You are listening to the podcast, To Be Single or Not To Be, by Shanna Montana. A podcast where we talk about the single life, dating, and relationships, so you can make a decision at the end of each episode and decide to be single or not to be. That is the final question. So today's topic is, what does self-love really mean? Suffering is not a requirement for love. And I wanted to talk about this topic because the true definition of self-love and how you really have to tap into it is not talked about enough. On social media, I think present day is so trendy, quote unquote trendy, to boast about self-care, but self-love is an entirely different topic that I really think more women have to tap into in order to stop settling for less than what they deserve in a relationship and to know that they do not have to suffer to get the love that they truly desire. I think that what we allow ourselves to endure many times is so unnecessary. And I watch it so many times when y'all know my favorite show, Divorce Court, where I see women show up every single day and they clock in for these relationships where they have suffered anywhere from one year to 22 years and they still trying to figure it out. It's a lot of things you need to be trying to figure it out, but their relationship ain't one. So on that note, before we get started, I want to introduce three amazing guests who we've had on the show before, but it's been a while. So if you all would please tell the people who you are and Brooke, I'm going to start with you. Hey, y'all, this is Brooke Helen from the Windy City. And ping, ping. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, tell the people who you are. Hey y'all, I'm Erica coming to you all from Austin, Texas. So glad to be here. Texas, Meg, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and Danielle, last but not least, tell the people who you are. What's up y'all, it's Danielle um, bringing you greetings from Bowser City, Louisiana. Ba, 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 ba. Absolutely not. <laughs> I love it. So before we get started and dive into the topic, I'm going to ask y'all a question. Don't everybody go at once. On a scale of one to five, five being the best it has ever been in your life, how is your love life? <laughs> I said, don't everybody go at once. Brooke, you look like you want to answer. <laughs> um, like a four point, four point nine eight. Okay. Wow. Hey, Corey. Yeah. You must know Corey gonna listen to this. Huh? I said you must you know, know he in the background right now. Look, listen. look, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I appreciate him. We'll get more into more into why later on, but I'm I'm extremely happy where we are right now. Awesome. Danielle, what about you? Oh bitch, you had to call me next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can we do it based on like where we think our part like where I am versus like what I think my partner gives. Well, yeah, we'll do it however you want to do it. Okay, I would say that I am at a 4.5 and it's just because it's a lot going on in life right now. Mm-hmm. I would say my husband is probably at a 5.0. He is an amazing husband. So I, I honestly have to date because she comes up, no complaints. <laughs> I love it. One day at a time. One day at a time. And last but not least, E, what would you say? Ooh, I know you was going to come out the gate with this one, Shayna. Um, things are fairly new. Um, so we're kind of in our like 
honeymoon phase, I guess is what they call it. So I think um, things have been going extremely well, better than um, prior relationships. And so I think, I don't want to call it perfect, but so I'll say um, 4.8. Good. I love to hear it. Everybody's doing so well. What about yours, girl? Mm. Okay. <laughs> I you. But love, guess love trying to throw that back to me and I just keep trying to move on. So. <laughs> I'm at a five. I'm at a five. We're good. Amen. Yeah, we're at a five. What's the day? What's the day? Day? What's the day? One day that's gonna come out. So thirteenth, baby. <laughs> so yeah, I'm at a five. No complaints right now. You know, like you said, it ain't perfect, but yeah. If I had to rate it, you know, five today, I can't promise you it's gonna be that tomorrow. So. Okay. <laughs> all right. So getting right to it, ladies. I want to ask you all. Starting out in a very simple space, beyond the hair done, nails done, everything done. You know, they say everything did. Um, that falls under self-care because I think social media, we talk about, you know, getting a new wig, going to the spa, hanging out with your girls, brunching, you know, that does fall under self-care. We want to go a little bit deeper and I want you all to talk more. So instead of self-care, we want to move over to what really is self-love because we, we know it's more than surface level. So what is you all's definition of self-love present day? I'll go, um, spending time with yourself and actually enjoying that time. Mm. Um, I think maybe it was like two weeks ago. I ran a bath, like, you know, got my whole, um, what you call it? The Yoni stain blend. I put some of that in there. Epsom salt. Like I was legit in the bathroom for like two hours. Like I did a, a actual, a actual Yoni stain. I wrote my intentions. I listened to some music. I was even texting um, Sam. Why you was in the tub? No. <laughs> Look, no. Because remember you gave us the uh, uh, the black girl affirmations? Yes. And I couldn't remember it. So I reached out to you to get it. So. Okay. Yeah. I had to clear that up. Yeah. And also, <laughs> also, um, I think a big part of self-love is not tolerating certain behaviors that you know you are worthy of or aren't worthy of mm-hmm. yeah not tolerated we're definitely gonna put a pin in that one uh Danielle and Erica what is what does self-love look like for you right now yeah I think for me it looks like courage and bravery these days um like courage to say no it's not really my my forte not something that I'm like strong at, especially when it comes to those that I care about um so say no like giving myself permission to like leave it undone so I can take a nap um I think it looks like for me recently um advocating for myself so like you know saying yes to the things that are scary for me, you know what I mean? Like trying um, to take risks in business, um, taking risk in my profession, advocating for um, a higher salary because I feel like I deserve it. Um, I think it's like self-care for me is like speaking up for myself differently and stronger than I have um, ever in the past. In addition to like the self-care, like the, the baths and the walks and the, you know, being outdoors and the crystals and I'm, I'm into all that shit too. But I think for me recently, it's self-love has come in the form of like um, saying yes and saying to the things that are scary and no to the things that don't serve me. No to the things that don't serve me. 
Definitely. And in that one too. And Danielle, go ahead. I would say um, setting my boundaries, but also holding myself accountable to honoring those boundaries. Um, these last two years have been an exercise in saying no and not providing a reason, just that it's no. Um, the other thing, and I'm, I'm really not good at this, but um, I don't know where I read this, but a quote that said like, rest is revolutionary. And I don't, I don't risk very well. Um, I'm on the go all the time and telling myself that I deserve risk. Like I deserve to sit down and do nothing. Um, just like right now, I'm at a conference and I was not going to come because I was like, oh, I got so much other stuff to do, but telling myself I deserve to be away and to unplug a little bit and um do something that adds to me as a professional but also like just be by myself which is something that I don't get to do for long spans of time and try to be at a point um the thing that I'm into now is like having opportunities where people don't need me mm. if that makes sense um mm -hmm. every aspect of my life like somebody needs me and they need access to me mm -hmm. um and just being okay with not being um accessible 24 hours seven days a week that's good. Something that was a common ground, I think, with all of you all was like the thing about saying no, the courage to say no, advocating for yourself, um, knowing that it's okay to rest. All of these things that you guys mentioned, how did you get to that space present day? Because I know we haven't all set, always sat in that seat all the time. And it may be new for us or it may be new for a listener, but how did, what was your journey like for you to get to where you are right now? therapy girl um okay you do not have a therapist get a therapist do the research to find the right therapist for you um it has been transformative um for me i am the oldest sibling i grew up in a single parent household and i like very much was conditioned to be like the perfectionist and to be like to do the right thing always and to make my family proud and so it is very hard even today to be like to feel like I'm disappointing people or letting people down. Um, and I think like, you know, girls, we're conditioned to, you know, take care of others over ourselves. That's a whole nother situation. But I, I say that to say that like saying no came extremely hard for me. And so I got a therapist and um, like my, th we would do like scenarios and role plays together. Like I would tell him something going on at work and like he would role play with me um, like the perfect series scenario and like a, a, the completely worst scenario. So that I would be prepared for whatever came up. Um, and it was this trial and error. Like I tried it. I failed a few times. I tried it some more, got a little bit better, more comfortable with it. It's still something that doesn't come like as natural to me, but it's getting easier. But I think it came with like therapy and like um, doing role plays around like um real life scenarios that you may struggle to say no to um, so that you get the practice and the experience so that when the time comes for you to do it, you feel um, more prepared and then just like trying it, you'll fumble through it a few times, but it gets easier. Yeah. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. I definitely want to agree on the therapy, um, but I think the shift came for me when I found out that I was going to be a mama okay. and knowing the way in which I desired to parent that there were going to be there was going to be a shift in priorities and preparing people in my life for that shift uh, and 
working through with my therapist, like how, like, you know, very similar to Erica, like I'm the oldest single parent home raised by my mom and my great grandmother. And I'm the person that always does when something goes wrong, I'm the first call, I'm everybody's emergency contact, all that, right? And so in preparing for uh, Dylan to arrive, it was really important to me that I wanted her to see me as an emotionally available parent. And because I also have a job that requires me to be emotionally available to other people um, and other people's kids, I didn't want to be the type of parent that like, like when you get home um, that you don't have anything left for, yeah. your, for the child that God has blessed you with because you've been pouring into other people all day or other family members all day, right? Um, and so that shift in priorities um, definitely helped bring me along because it was like, damn, <laughs> like I'm gonna have somebody who's waiting on me to, to be present um, and they're not gonna be able to understand, oh, well, mom, mommy's been, you know, counseling people all day and leading people all day. Um, and she didn't, she didn't ask to be born into a family like that and um, just preparing to be present and available for her in a way that didn't deplete me. Um, and so I had to learn how to be very selfish, um, which is very hard because, you know, like Erica said, I'm, I'm the person that everybody calls when she goes back <laughs> and I had shifted and go call me last like <laughs> call me after y'all got the bond money call me if y'all want somebody like but don't make me your first call because I have to be available to my child so yeah I agree with all of that but um mine was more so because I've always been like a giver like you know that's my love language but at the same time it started to become a curse because like literally like there was nobody else to depend on so you look at it or I started looking at it like yo I'm tired like and when you get to that point you don't want to be there because when you really need to show up for somebody you want to be able to distinguish like okay this person really needs me versus well I know you're gonna be there so I'm gonna you know come to you anyway so once I start looking for reciprocity in relationships um that kind of changed my path yeah so what it why did that change your path was it not being were you not getting that reciprocity oh absolutely but that's the thing I wasn't expecting it because I was always taught like don't give and expect right so it's like here I am giving 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 and ain't nobody giving shit back like you can't pour from an empty cup so it's like yo I need somebody to replenish this shit so listen once I start requiring that from my friendships then or all relationships not even just friendships all relationships um ones that work just like you know between Corey and I like that that was a game changer for me a game changer and Erica said something earlier about how we are taught from like childhood or whatever to you know put everybody first to nurture every situation why do we struggle put everybody first except for us so why do we struggle with the idea of putting ourselves first above anybody we studied it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, th- I think I think it's because we've seen it you know what I'm saying like as far as our parents I know specifically for all of our mothers or you know the women that raised us we saw it firsthand like they figured the shit out so we got to figure this shit out so you know unfortunately 
within the past few years, we know that we don't have to assume that role of superwoman. We're getting therapy. We're not, you know, making it work. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're tapping into those resources to become a complete person instead of, you know, trying to pull from every direction when you know it's not even there in the first place. And would you all say that, you know, I'm going to ask this in a way, um, because I think it's connected to what we're talking about. Many times you guys know, and we suffer through it ourselves sometimes, early stages of a relationship, you see women suffering and it's like three to, it's less than six months in and they already Mm -hmm. want some bullshit. You know, whether that be cheating, disrespect, not showing up. And we have already in some sense, like normalized, like, you know, I don't want to lose this man. I don't want to say anything. So I don't, I don't want to shake the table. So I'm not going to say anything. I'm afraid he's going to leave, you know, the Mm -hmm. fear of even communicating that it's going to cause you to lose a relationship that should probably be lost anyway. So do you all feel we've gotten to this place where we do think that, you know, suffering is just a requirement or a part of love, like you have to go through it. Tell me for sure. I absolutely think that, but especially for Black women, because look at all the messages that we get from, like, our upbringing and the media, like, uh, it it implies that you're going to have to go through something terrible in order to get to that, um, get that prize, which ultimately for most women is like a ring and being chosen and being married and you have to endure all of the, hold it down. You got to be ride or die and all this kind of stuff. Like, and then after you prove yourself, maybe, then maybe he'll choose you kind of thing. Um, but that's that's what fairy tales are about. That's the, like, when you think about like all the messages we get from little girls in, into our adulthood, it's, it's all around like something terrible will happen and then it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is how it's supposed to be. You don't, we, we don't see um, black love celebrated in a way that does not imply suffering and does not like, you don't, those stories don't get the, the shine that they deserve. It's the, you know, he cheated, I stayed down or he had an outside baby. And, you know, we can't like, it's all these terrible, awful stories. And then it's like, but you know, I held it down. I believed in him, you know, he didn't want to work, but I held him down and Hell you know, no. like all of these horrible ass stories. And then I got a ring and, and it's like, bitch, to say what? Like, you got a ring. Yeah, you're married to an emotional vampire. You're married to Ooh, a terrorist. an emotional terrorist. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, for what? Like, you could have accomplished and went through all of this by your damn self and it probably would have ended up in a better position. Right. But we don't, we don't see messages or stories that celebrate like us being treated right it's from the gate. Like, it's like, oh, I had to learn that I want to ain't shit ass person to then kick into overdrive and be like, let me be the man that I'm supposed to be. No, like you need to come ready. Just like they expect us to come ready. You need to to come with that mindset, but we don't we don't get that. We don't get that, especially black women. I don't know what white women get, but <laughs> especially black women. If you cannot come ready, then you don't need to come at all. Don't come as you are, don't come at all. Don't pay as gold, don't collect $200 straight to jail. Do not come as you are. <laughs> what would you say you feel the same way as what Danielle was saying that this is yeah oh. I think it's all in the conditioning right like Danielle mentioned the fairy tales and like the way that like we grew up watching toxic ass shit like the little mermaid that girl had to give up her voice for a minute <laughs> like, oh, okay. I can't talk um, <laughs> like I gotta give all that up my whole voice um I think about like the church too. a lot of us grew up you know under like really 
misogynistic religious religious practices that have that do not teach us how to love ourselves you know I think about my marriage counseling right it was like you need to be long suffering like do I no. I don't know about that you know um, I wouldn't want that for my child to just suffer for a long time for the sake of being with somebody um but like even messages in like pop culture, like the this the ride or die chick, right? Like we we romanticize stuff like that. I think when I think like the way that we're conditioned, even from like little girls, right? Like we boys get to build stuff yeah. and to like play with GI Joes. We're taught to like play with the dolls and take care of babies. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're conditioned from birth through um, the way that we play, what we watch, what we hear at church, what we hear from our families. Um, to be like caregivers and to um, to ride or die and to like turn the other cheek and to expect long suffering. And so I think we um, get into relationships, you know, just assuming and expecting that we're going to have to deal with some bullshit before we get, before they like grow up and treat us the way that we deserve. I also feel like we don't grow up hearing messages or like anyone ever talking to us about like, what, what does the ideal mate for you look like? Hmm. You know, like more than just a provider, what he looks like physically or what she looks like physically. Um, but like, what are the, the emotional like expectations you have of a partner so that when they do come across your path, like, do you recognize them? And yeah. when those that don't meet that standard come across your path, you're like, this is not what I've been taught to desire. So you got to go. Um, yeah, we've just all types of, um, really toxic and unhealthy conditioning growing up. I feel like leads to us, you know, accepting suffering before we get to, if we ever get to the glory, if we ever get to the glory. And I think you said something that really stood out about being able to identify like emotionally and mentally what it is that we want in a partner to sustain the relationship. And a lot of people don't think about that. It's very surface level. It's very, you know, what does this look like for the gram aesthetically? Do we look good together? What would our kids look like? And no one is really thinking about, you know, beyond, um, the physical, until it's too late, like when you're in the thick of it. And I think sometimes people get into the thick of it and they still are not, they are in a relationship and still are not deeply paying attention to those things when they need to. So I wanna lean to you, Brooke, and ask you a little bit about things that since we are talking about what this journey looks like, we are gonna talk about what it looks like for people to be reconditioned and not, and not continue to think in this way. But I wanted to come to you first, Brooke, to tell us a little bit about your journey of relationships, you know, kind of like what you've been through to kind of lead you to the promised land you're at now. Of course, I'd be delighted. Um, I was always like the type of person who found myself in situationships, right? Like, oh, you know, I'm not ready, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, like for whatever reason, I accepted it. So when um, I met Corey, I actually met him through a friend and it wasn't like a hookup thing as a matter of fact when I met him I was with somebody but he was doing um this project and I'm like damn he thick as hell but I was like I gotta chill out you know because I got a boyfriend (laughs) so we um I ended up you know I'm saying like that's one of the things I pride myself on I'm like the masterful dm slider so you know I slid in his dms like yo like um we planning this project and so and so and so and I know last minute we reached out to you but you know I want to make sure 
we do it in enough time this time and he was like oh yeah you know when I was with y'all I really enjoyed y'all synergy blah 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 I'm like yeah got your ass so then you know we talking and we ended up no so after that he was like yo like you cool can we be friends in real life and I'm like yeah so of course so of course you know the friendship started and then of course the bullshit came Mm. so and I mean that in the nicest way possible I guess um he was just like yo like I got a lot of shit going on I'm gonna be completely transparent with you um if you down the ride like I'll promise you like it'll get greater later so usually you know your antennas go up and you be like no I ain't for this one like nah that's all right but one thing I can honestly say about this inner or our interaction was one he stayed true to what he actually said like you know it did get greater later but on top of that he was one of the first people who actions exceeded their words right so Mm -hmm. you know how dudes be like um are we not boyfriend and girlfriend but um you can come over and you know Netflix and chill like we was going on dates like he was actually courting me like preparing me for a relationship so I'm like I'm sitting up here scratching my head I'm like oh pause when did you get rid of the boyfriend did you have a boyfriend what is going on oh yeah 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 of course I wasn't sliding his DMs <laughs> and I had a boyfriend I ain't you know I'm reckless but I ain't that reckless allegedly carry on yeah okay but anyway um we ended up like doing a whole like dating thing for a year before you know we got serious and it had just got to a point where um I'm not gonna say he wasn't the only person that I was dating but you know I had some other encounters with other people and I was like yo like I'm just be honest with you 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 either gotta shit or you gotta get off the pot and he was like all right let's do this so you know fortunately it'll be five years in November and besides the you know the typical man stuff and I don't even want to sound like a woman basher but y'all know what stuff like that is um like things are great like I I didn't suffer through it but it definitely took longer than it should have why do you say it took longer than it should have because who want to date somebody for a year before you know you call them your significant other like who does that why were you so patient to wait that long um one because we both had a lot going on so and I always think about you when um in situations like that because you always talk about the representative Mm -hmm. so I was trying to see if that was gonna wear off honestly yeah you know what I'm like I'm like okay I'll because things were going so well and I'm like yo if this dude end up like turning on me like I can walk away (laughs) that too but I can walk away and you know it won't be no love lost because at the end of the day we were just talking and really even though I said that long a year in context when you think about all the things that we have going on on a regular basis a year will go by a lot faster than you think when you are busy with work with school with family activities because a month will fly by so and many times, and I preach this a lot on my Instagram, we do need to spend more time. And of course, everybody's timeline is different, but I think it's beneficial and may help, may help 
will help with this suffering piece that we're talking about. If people do spend more time getting to know somebody and they let that, if it is a representative, they let it wear off. So they can really like see like this, this is who this person really is. So even though I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you had your moments where it probably was tougher than other times. You like, oh, no. for sure. Yeah, like I'm out of here. I'm about to scat. I can't take this no more. But I see, you know, the promised land that he really showed up. And I'm sure it helped that his words matched his actions in regards to courting you, going on dates. He wasn't like Netflix and chilling you to death. And like, mm-hmm. that's all y'all doing. If that's what somebody doing for a year, you ain't the only bitch they doing it with no way. So, right. But, um, and one thing, like, I can honestly say what, like, kind of sold me on um, him was no guy that I had ever met had met my parents right I mean that I had ever dealt with maybe one and that was on accident um so I told him he was like yo I want to meet your parents and I'm like nigga for what like you know what I'm saying and he like I mean why not I said look I only you know, introduce people to my parents who are going to be around for a while. He was like, okay, I want to meet your parents. I'm like, say word. (laughs) So, you know what I'm saying? The fact that he was adamant about, you know, and I'm sure he wanted to see (laughs) that I wasn't completely crazy and, you know, wanted to see my upbringing or, you know, references for my upbringing, but for him to reassure me that me introducing him to my family would only aid in making our relationship stronger I was like okay so that was definitely a good sign so I'll say Ia Danielle do y'all think it's a good idea do you you all think that will help with this long path of suffering that women go through taking more time to sit in that seat of dating versus jumping into a relationship within three months I, don't, I think it comes with, I think the the big thing to do is like to do some self-work. Because I think that like you can sit in a relationship for a whole year and ignore red flags if you haven't done the healing that you need in order to be able to identify those and walk away from them um, without, without the fear of like being alone. So I think, yes, to answer your question, I think, yes, it, it's probably better to you know, spend a longer amount of time dating so that you can ensure that all of the things that are important to you are being done consistently to give space and time for the representative to wear off and for the real person to show up. But I think um, there's potential even there for like that time to lapse and um, us to ignore potential red flags that result in us you know, suffering like long-term in relationships. So I think, yeah, wait, but make sure that like in that process, you are clear about what you, your expectations are so that you know if they're being met and to know what your like red flags are so that if they begin to pop up and appear, you are ready to get your shit and run. <laughs> run, what would you say, Sam? Do you think the same? I think that we don't, women, we don't, we aren't honest with ourselves often. Mm. Um, and we can rationalize five ways past Sunday why we should stay and ignore every reason as to why we should um, get the hell, <laughs> get the hell out somewhere. Um, and just being honest and unapologetic about what you want. I think that 
when I think about the reasons that I have stayed, definitely was giving pick me vibes. Like, and you know, I have, you know, it's been this, I dated you this long and we, I got this amount of time in and, um, and we're just not honest about the things that are important to us and what we really want. And so I just think that when the red flags are there, you gotta, oh, not even red flags, like shit that just don't, it just don't vibe with what you want. Like just be be real and just don't be afraid to walk away and just be like, it's not working for me. And I think, especially when you get to a certain age, you just kind of be like, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Pickets are slim. Let me just thug it out. But no, just, no, just get the fuck off. You got to stop. Because men do it to us. They'll leave us. Okay. No problem. Quickly, quickly. Yo, I don't like how you put your makeup on today. It's over. <laughs> get the hell on these days. <laughs> yeah, they do. they do. And to be married to a bitch three months later. Three weeks. Like, I think we ultimately, I agree with everything you guys said, but I think it's a lot of the not nurturing, the bullshit, you know not nurturing things that we don't like. Like I don't vibe with, it's not my energy. You don't have to have a whole lot of reasons why you don't want to stay if you don't want to stay. Yep. And then the other side of it is if you don't have to continue to give people chances when the disrespect or the abuse, not saying just physical, but other things are there. We have this notion that you got to give people 50, 60 chances. You mm -hmm. know you can leave the first time that somebody does something you don't like and you yep. don't need their permission. Like you don't need consent to leave a situation. And you, you know, you could dip. So I think more women have to tap into that. But I think a huge part of it is a lot of women feel like they are men's emotional rehabilitation centers. Ooh, yeah. That's where the game really has to change because until we're able to know that the only emotions, especially initially when you first meet somebody, the only emotions you're really responsible for in the beginning are yours. As you get to know one another and care for one another, you do have to care about their emotions and how they show up in spaces. Um, but that eventually comes eventually. But when you start out, you cannot emotional rehabilitate a man, especially a man that really doesn't want to be in a relationship, but is pretending like he wants to be in one. So what do you all think we have to do? Like if we had to say like right now, a message to give a woman to let her know, like you do not have to suffer through this bullshit. It's not a prerequisite for love. The love you want is really out there. But no, let me pull it back. Do you all, before I ask that question, do you all think that the love people, women truly desire is available for them out there in this, you know, in the universe. Do you think it's really out there, or do you feel like some motherfuckers meant to be single forever? No, because <laughs> <laughs> don't need to be a relationship. No, I think no, because the you think about like the behavior that some people exhibit. Like, there's legit people who are willing to do that now i follow up with or send y'all the stuff that i seen later but it's legit this woman she was married to this guy for like 15 16 years and then all of a sudden she decided she wanted two husbands right mm. well two men because the other one is her boyfriend and i legit think that the boyfriend and the husband sleeping together like and i send y'all the pictures of y'all make that decision yourself but like legit when they say it's somebody out there for everybody and then you think about the women who have been in uh and although all of this stuff is you know is relative about the amount of healthiness that's involved but it's women who you know been in 15 20 year relationships with unavailable men so yeah. you know it's somebody for everybody 
Dang it, I'm looking at your face. <laughs> Some people get exactly what they deserve. Let me say that. Yeah. Um, and I think that when you become who you need to be, that's when you will attract the love that you deserve. That's mm-hmm. what I think. I think that sometimes people want things that they're not deserving of and or ready for, just to be quite honest. Um, and I think that it's easier to put place expectations on a partner or somebody else or say, I want this, I want that, than it is to say, but what, what in the hell do I need to do to be prepared to receive to receive that? Or if and when I'm blessed, blessed with that, how do I plan on maintaining it? And so we spend a lot of time like making our list of like, these are the attributes I want my partner to have, but we don't, you don't hear stories about like, but this is the list that I made, you know, saying these are the things that I need to do to be prepared to, to deserve that. Yeah. I just, I, I, there's somebody out there for everybody to Brooke's point. Yes. However, <laughs> you may get exactly what you deserve. If, if that makes sense. Like if you ain't doing the self work, you may link up with a, with a man that, you know, he ain't doing his work either. Y'all deserve each other. Y'all gonna be miserable together kind of thing. So I think that energy attracts energy. Mm-hmm. And when you have a made up mind and you are resolved and like, this is what I want, this is what I deserve, um, then you will attract that. And I think when you want some bullshit, you will attract some bullshit. This is true. E, would you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's all in the self-work. And I think that women when we really do the self-work and like dig deep and like deep dive into like who we are and what's important to us and what we like what we don't like I don't know I feel like some of us might realize like we don't even really want the traditional like mm-hmm. thing that we've been taught to want yeah. you know and taught to expect like actually I kind of like being on my own and maybe I like fraternize <laughs> with him or her whenever I feel like it I don't want nobody living in my house and like married in the traditional sense. Yeah. Um, so I really feel like, yeah, there's there's someone out there for everyone. I think um, it requires the self-work and the courage to like know like what that is and what that means for you. And I don't think that it always looks like what it has traditionally or what we have been expected to like want as women. Um, And so like my like push would be not to do the work to like try to find somebody, but just do the work to just bring yourself back to yourself, to like love yourself um, and the right partner and what you need to do to like align yourself with the right partner, if it is even a right partner. will will happen but i think it comes after first discovering yourself and like what you really want and desire absolutely and on that note we'll be right back with the living single segment this now brings us to the living single segment of the podcast it's simply a segment where we want to send you good vibes good energy and give good advice on any questions that you may have about being single, dating, or relationships. Remember, nothing is off limits. So, welcome to the Living Single segment of the show, and let's get into it. 
All right. So now this brings us to the living single segment of the show. And you guys know if you want us to answer your question, just send it in on the website, www.shannamontana.com, or you can message us on Instagram. So ladies, going to read the letter that came in from a listener who wrote in to the show on the website. So she stated, I am obsessed with the idea of getting a high value six figure man. I am 26 years old, no children, very attractive, and I work in entry level position in corporate America. However, I know I am destined for greater and I want a man to be the one to take me there. I don't want to have to work forever because I prefer to be taken care of. Am I wrong to feel this way or should I keep going after what I want? Let me go first. No, I'm just going. Because <laughs> I know that Sam's and uh, Sam's and, uh and get my Kevin Samuels on. Right. Our outlooks completely uh, are opposite. But I think, shit, if sis can find a suck-ass nigga to take care of, like, more power to her. But... I also feel like there are going to be things that she may not be ready for that are going to come with it. Um, You know, when a man completely funds your lifestyle and um, takes care of you, like you going, I don't know any, and I know, you know, quite a few men. I don't know many men who want to be in that position you know, to completely take care of somebody and not be able to tell them what to do. Yeah. So if she finds them, she, you know, let, let me know what that unicorn is. Cause uh-huh. I got a couple of single friends, but like, I don't, I don't, let me, I'll rephrase that. It's possible, but a lot will come with that. See ya. Say, uh, Kevin, say, uh, Sam's. Okay. AKA Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels Jr. Okay. So, my question to her would be What would a high value man want with you? Um, and a high value man is not interested in your money because they got their own money. So, she's talking about I'm a corporate nigga, men that got money. <laughs> Don't give a damn about that because they got their own money. And a high value man wants a woman that's fit feminine and friendly Mm. so if she wants to be a stay-at-home mom be taken care of that's fine but are you also ready for the what's the word are you ready for what comes with that so that means that you don't control the finances um or maybe you do maybe he puts you in charge of the money i don't know um but uh hmm no key. Okay, she says she's no twenty six. No, she's not, she not in the danger zone, so she can have children. Um, I don't know. Because my question to her would be like, what would you be bringing, and do you know what a high value man wants? And high value, by Kevin Samuel's definition, is a man that makes a certain amount of money. So, are you equipped to? be a wife to a man that has that type of lifestyle like is he gonna be embarrassed to take you to the corporate dinner um do you know how to um conduct yourself in a crowd of professionals i think women say that but then to like see that like play out looks very different i know that that would not work for me (laughs) um but i think yeah i think people say that and then when you get down to like well this is what it's gonna look like 
sis might be like, nah. You know, that's a lot of control. To me, that's a lot of control. I think 26, she's very young. You know, I think very green. Yeah, that's a lot of control. That's like, you don't want to worry. Yeah. Like, and the men that I know, the single men that I know, even my husband, I would dare to say, yeah. Like, I think, Number one in this, in, like, have that. Yeah, you it take two incomes to make this make this thing work. That's just me. I just the other thing in this economy, any goddamn thing can happen. So I think that my husband appreciates knowing that, like, I can hold it now, and I appreciate knowing that he can hold it now financially. So if one of us, God forbid, loses a job, like we're not gonna be like all is lost, avoid this shit. Like it might be tight, but we're gonna be all right. So. I just think that women say that, but they don't have no idea like what that means to actually like when it plays out. And I just know that it would not work for me. So my question to her would be, number one, do you do you know what that would look like? And I guess it would be depending upon the high value man or the partner. And then number two, do you have the skill set that would be necessary uh, to attract and keep a high value man? You have the set of skills. Erica, what would you give? What would you tell this young lady? Yeah, um, I don't want to tell her to like give up on her dream. Like I get, you know, you wanting to be in a relationship where the bag is secured and where you don't, you can like sit pretty. And I get that. Um, I think along, y'all remind me to tell y'all a story about um, the Republican when we um, when we get some some time alone. But I think that along the lines of what Danielle said um a lot comes with like that shit you know like there's a lot of control and a lot of um expectation and I think that you know you have to be considered of like what you're willing to sacrifice um what you're willing to give of yourself in order to like maintain that relationship and if if it's if if what it costs is not too much to your like psychological safety and your emotional safety and who you are as a person, go for it, sis. Um, I attempted to date a, like a high value guy. Um, and he was a, a really nice guy, but I mean, they were all like, you always had to be on, right? Like I had to think about the, my nail color and the way I dressed and the way I spoke and, the, and like, what's important to me is like joy, peace and freedom. Like, and so I felt like I was compromising too much of my freedom, which was too costly for me. And so it wasn't going to work out. But like, I think if you know who you are and know the things that are important to you, and if you're able to like maintain that alongside this high value uh, gentleman, go for it, sis. But I think when you probably when you think about it and when you get in it, you'll realize that what it costs to maintain um these relationships may come too costly and it may like cost you yourself and I think that's way too high of a, a price to pay but um secure the bags is if you can and if you find that man please let us know where you found him so we can let everybody else know <laughs> on that note we'll be right back with the resolution <laughs> All right.
right, so now this brings us to the resolution segment of the show. And you ladies know this is a quick round table where you all give your final thoughts on the question that I am about to ask. So what would you say the resolution is to understanding that suffering does not have to be a part of your love story and that you should love yourself the most? Brooke, you go first. Thank you. Um, I guess since I was the, the one who, I'm not going to say I suffered because that's not fair. Um, but it took me longer or it took us longer to decide um, if that's what we really wanted. So the advice I would give to someone in a similar situation is make sure this is what you want. Um, in addition to that, don't sacrifice your well-being for someone else's comfort. Um, there are a lot of things, of course, not in, not with this recent relationship, but in the past that, you know, I just went along to get along. So definitely do not do that. Um, and another thing that I thought of once I got older, like, would you be okay with the, with the, um, behavior that you accepted? Would you be okay if your child or your sister or your mother was going through that same thing. So that's kind of what I use to gauge um, Corey and I's relationship. Like, okay, like he took me through A, B, and C. Like, would your mother like, or even if your mother knew about it, like, would you be shamed to tell your story? So um, just <laughs> just basically, you know, like keep, keep looking out for self and don't compromise your like long-term happiness for short-term happiness i love it e what would you say yeah i don't feel like we hear enough how worthy we are mm-hmm. how we are enough just because right if our nails are not painted if we don't have if we don't make six figures if we don't have the perfect body we are still enough and we are worthy of um love that is gentle that is sweet that is patient and i would want every person under the sound of my voice just to get to a place where they know without a shadow of a doubt that they are worthy um, before being partnered and i think once you really tap into how worthy how important you are you are unlikely or less likely to settle for anything less than what you believe about yourself. And so if you truly feel important, feel worthy, you're not going to accept the jobs that are not aligned to who, what you feel like you are. You're not going to accept the friendships. You're not going to accept the partnerships that um, don't match what you believe about yourself. And so I think the, my what I would love to leave with everybody is just to do the work to truly um, get to a place where you believe that you are worthy of opulence and greatness and make everybody, everything that, that surrounds you, like meet you at that, that vibration. And I think that what I'm learning is like, once I elevate myself and once I like fixed and started working on myself, like the people that were attracted to me that I was attracting, um, were like aligned to that. So, um, 
much love and um, high hopes and great wishes for all those that are listening. I hope that y'all find the love and the partnership that you absolutely deserve. Love that. The vibration. And last but not least, Danielle, what would you say? I want to add to what E said and, and add the caveat of you are worthy of everything that you prepare for. So as you are making a list of things that he or she needs to be also be making their list and doing the inner work about who you want to be and um, make sure you sweep around your own front door before you, you know, expect somebody to come to the door with all of these things and like, what are you bringing? Right. And so I just think that we spend a lot of time fantasizing about who he or she will be, but we don't spend enough time fantasizing about who we want to be. And, holding ourselves accountable to um, hmm, like holding, holding ourselves accountable to like, if you, if you want this, then this is what it's going to take to have that. And so I got some traumas that I need to clean up. I need to be in therapy. Um, I need to be uh, doing all the things that are going to make me a better woman, a better partner to somebody. Right. Um, So then when he or she comes, I'm prepared. Like, I'm not like, oh, shit, I, you know, Lord, I wasn't expecting it. Like you are, you were prepared and you're ready. um, And you're already um, working. I think that we have this idea of like, at the moment that uh, you say I do, that's the moment that you become a wife. But I think that women should be wives in waiting. I think that you should be preparing for that moment before the I do's and, and before the proposal, because let me tell you, it ain't no light switch that you flick and then, oh, I'm a wife. Like the, it is constant work, uh, constant self-reflection. And so I just think that uh, as much time and energy we put into like envisioning this person and all that he or she would be, we should spend just as much time, if not more, um, in investing in ourselves in that same way. And on that note, give yourselves a round of applause, ladies. The gems have been dropped. The lessons have been given. So now tell the people where they can find you if they want to. Nowhere. Look for me. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) Call call me on, man. I'm on on IG. That's it. Not on Facebook, on Twitter, none of that. Well, I'm not on Facebook. No, I'm on Twitter, but I don't tweet. So. Call me all man. Find her on Instagram. E, or where, not. Or not. E, can the people find you anywhere? Yeah, I am Pearl Cocious08 on Instagram. Erica Hunt DeWalt on Facebook. All right. It's Erica with the K. You said they could find you nowhere. Yeah, don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Not taking any more social media. <laughs> No, uh, you can find me on IG. I may or may not accept you. Um, Chloe Fresh on um, Instagram. That's about that's about it. This is about as deep as I go. As you need to go. So again, ladies, your opinions are always valued and appreciated. I really enjoyed this conversation. I know the listeners are going to get a lot from it. And my hope is that people just stop suffering in love. And I think this is one tool that will aid them in that journey. So on that note, you guys know, I'll be right back with the Montana Minute.
And now this brings us to the Montana Minute. The first thing, suffering is not a requirement to have the love that you desire. That is old and outdated information, so stop believing it. The next thing, it will take time and patience to find the love that is truly meant for you, but you have to hold yourself accountable to get it done no matter how long it may take. And the last thing, if you are consistently in the struggle in your relationship, it's time for you to strongly evaluate why and then move accordingly because moving accordingly may mean moving on. So be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And I now leave you to decide to be single or not to be. That is the final question. Signing off, yours truly, Shanna Montana.